Welcome to Fearless Hustle Collective, a podcast for creative female entrepreneurs and a home to honest conversations about the ups and downs of running your own business. Hey and welcome back, it's episode 38 and this week's guest is Ruth Poundwhite. Ruth is a creative mentor and I chat to Ruth about um, setting up her second business and the difference between the two, um, what it's like to constantly kind of be visible online as an introvert um, and how email marketing bridges that gap quite well but we also chat and I feel like that's the kind of juicy part we also chat about um, what it's like to be the breadwinner um, in our families and I feel like that's perhaps still kind of an unconventional way um, of doing things it's still quite uncommon for women to um, be the kind of main um, yeah, breadwinners I guess um, in their families so we, we talk about that and why the subject of money is is a kind of tricky one to navigate I guess so I really hope you enjoy it and we'll go straight in. So for those who don't know you why don't you kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. Okay so I'm a writer I'm a podcaster. My podcast is Creatively Human and I am a business mentor to conscious creatives. And I like to say the quietly ambitious business owners. Mm. That's in a nutshell. Yeah, I like that. Quietly ambitious. Why this kind of choice of words? It's really interesting. I've only just started using that, so I'm kind of practicing it out here. But um, basically, I've been thinking a lot about because I... I should have also said I'm an introvert because I often like lead with that because I think my background is I've been in business for a long time. I've been in business for about 11 years now, I think. And this kind of quiet, the quiet side of me never quite, well, I didn't think married up with the ambitious side of me. And I always kind of tried to do things a certain way. I thought I had to be a certain type of person to make a business successful but I've kind of figured out along the years that it's okay to be both quiet and ambitious and I think that I know that there's a lot of people out there who kind of feel the same and it's kind of really hard for us to own the fact that we're ambitious as well and it's not just about being an introvert or being quiet but I think it's also about being a woman or being a mother and all of that kind of thing so yeah it's just kind of a label I'm trying out at the moment and and I just, I really want to claim that ambition. I think it's really important and it's okay to be ambitious, basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely an interesting topic, I think. I mean, I, I love the kind of the label that you've chosen anyway. Um, but yeah, the word ambition, I think, may put some people off, potentially. Mm-hmm. I don't mean it in it, but I, I think perhaps people have certain negative connotations yeah. with it. And I mm-hmm. personally think that that shouldn't be the case because why shouldn't we as women be okay with being ambitious and wanting to be ambitious and actually there was absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to be ambitious um but I feel like perhaps yeah perhaps I don't know I feel like there is an underlying kind of um yeah just this kind of negative connotation that people perhaps have with that yeah yeah I think so and it comes like when we're growing up and you know there's all this stuff like little girls get called bossy but little boys don't really get called that. It's all like really subtle things, but I think it all plays into the same kind of feeling and just sort of hiding that side away. I'm sure 
although obviously there's women who like own that from the start and that's really great but then there's women like me and I guess you who might have had to unlearn some things in order to own that kind of side of themselves and think that it's actually a positive thing and not like a negative thing yeah yeah because I absolutely would definitely describe myself as ambitious and And I'm okay with saying that, <laughs> but but as you say, I think there was some kind of unlearning in the process of kind of owning that um, label, I guess. Um, so I guess we could start with rewinding a little bit and talking about how and, and when you set up your first business, because you mentioned you've been in business for about 11 years now. Yeah. So what was the uh, business that you had previously? So basically I finished university, I was 21, and I couldn't get a job because it was 2008 and it was like the financial crisis and it was just I guess before that time everyone had been encouraged to go to university you know we all thought that getting a degree was going to be like the thing that led to whatever job we wanted and that was not the case Um, I couldn't get a job and I literally just googled online I actually I don't know why someone mentioned I could do proofreading or something and I was googling that but I found ads looking for freelance writers and these were ads from people who had websites and they needed people to fill their websites with sort of informational content so that's what I did and I literally did it as a way to make money I didn't think about running a business to be honest even when I first started doing it although I was self-employed I didn't consider it to be a business but it sort of opened my mind and opened my eyes to a whole world of online business that I had absolutely no idea that existed. Um, And yeah, over time I read more, I learned loads. I basically taught myself um, loads of stuff to do with setting up a business online. I also did website development for a while, but mainly it was focused on writing. And eventually I I got to that point where I wanted to grow the business, but it was sort of limited by how much I could do as one person. So I brought on other freelancers. I never had any, you know, employees. They were all freelancers. But yeah, that's how I built it up. And it's basically like a copywriting business that we provided, and we still do provide content for business owners all around the world um, in various subjects. But yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Mm, That's so interesting that obviously you kind of took it upon yourself to actually go out there and find um something that you could do when you couldn't find a kind of conventional job Mm. um and then obviously that kind of grew and what and what kind of time frame I guess when did you start taking on other freelancers how soon was that after um setting this up It, it definitely took me a few years I mean to be honest um like I said I didn't even think of it as a business and I didn't really even consider things like how much I was charging like looking back I know that I should have charged more and if I had all the clients which I did and I didn't have time to do all the work which was also the case I could have charged more but I didn't have that confidence and I didn't have that knowledge and understanding of running a business back then but yeah it was about it was 2008 when I started and it probably took me about four years um and I went traveling for a year and I was obviously in a really privileged position to be someone from the UK going traveling in Southeast Asia where our money goes further. And I thought this was my chance to like make the most of my business. I was paying for the travels with the business, but I wanted to have a bit more time to spend, you know, experiencing the sites and everything. So I decided to start looking for writers and I never looked back after that. That was really a turning point in my business. 
Yeah, I think back in, I mean, it's hard for me to say because I don't think I was even immersed in this kind of world at all at that time. Mm -hmm. But I would imagine that there wouldn't have been, um, you know, places like Instagram or, you know, all these blogs and everything where you could um, access information so easily, I guess, when it comes to building a business or, you know, perhaps taking people on or expanding all of that kind of stuff, I guess none of that was accessible back then there there was stuff out there but it was so different I think it's so much more normal now and I think that was also one of the things for me back then it was kind of hard because like I said I've always been I'm I'm an introvert and I've always been a bit quiet and I've always considered myself to be a bit um, shy and I've always worried a lot about what people think so in, in terms of real life it was really hard for me to talk about what I did because I didn't think that anyone understood I mean even now people in real life don't understand but I think it's way more like normal than it was back then and then when it came to finding people to learn from online there were people talking about it but it was harder to find the right people so I think I got stuck, you know, whoever I could find talking about it, I thought, oh, this is it. This is the way to do it. This is how I should be thinking of it. And it never gelled with me because it wasn't me, basically. But it was still like really important and influential and, you know, has led me to where I am now. But yeah, at first I was definitely finding it hard to find the right information and the right inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's funny that you mentioned that, but it's something that I've been thinking about recently, actually and how particularly I think at the beginning of our business we want to take on any and all advice that we can find and particularly now with with there being an overload of information um and everyone shouting you know saying you need to be doing this and if you're not doing this then you're not doing it right and all of these different things I Mm. guess it's quite easy to get lost within that now um Mm -hmm. so I wonder what it would have been like if you were starting your business now um as opposed to all these years ago yeah it's it's like it's it's another end of the it's like another problem isn't it like there's so much information out there how do you find the right people yeah it's really difficult because that's one thing I've realized over the course of running my own business is that I've really have had to learn how to trust myself yeah so now I do pay for coaching and you know I'm in masterminds and I'm in Facebook groups and I talk to people about my business a lot and that is something I never did back then so I'm, it's really great for me to have that support. But at the end of the day, I need to take the support in a way that is not like the be all and end all. Like what mm-hmm. really matters is how I feel and trusting yeah. myself. And I know that if you're just starting out, that's really hard to do because you don't have any evidence of your own work yet. You don't know what you're doing necessarily. Maybe you're good at the thing you do, but you're not good at the business side of things. It's really difficult. So. Mm-hmm. I guess I would just say if anyone was starting out now or if I was saying to myself if I was starting out now I'd say trust yourself um get all the help that you need but also really pay attention to those gut feelings yes. it's easier said than done <laughs> it, no 100% it is and it? it's something that I kind of learned the hard way I think mm, uh, me too but, yeah <laughs> by I, mean, I think it's almost one of those things that you've got to go through yourself yeah. perhaps um and have that experience um to then realize that actually we know our business best there is no one else that will know our business as well as we do 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so we need to trust ourselves and trust our intuition um, when it comes to making decisions and stuff. Yeah. So um, I kind of wanted to talk about how the two businesses are different because obviously I know that as you've already mentioned, you weren't really kind of at the, you know, the face of your business, um, uh, the copywriting business Mm -hmm. anyway. Um, at least, you know, nowhere near as much as you are in your business now. So how does that compare to you? And, and I guess in practical terms, what does that look like for you as an introvert? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. So, um, in terms of what I do now, I'm obviously taking all the skills I've learned from my other business and I'm using them now. And I was the face and I am the face of my other business in so much as I send, you know, the emails, I communicate with the clients, but I never, I'm not the face really because I firstly literally don't show my face much. Um, I also never really was very personal in what I shared in my emails. You know, it was all very business. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely incorporated an element of personal connection, but nowhere near um, what I do now. Um, So yeah, it's interesting. And um, in my new business, I'm the face of it. I'm the voice of it on the podcast. Um, I show myself on Instagram stories. And it's really funny to think about how I spent so long hiding myself away and also feeling bad about hiding myself away, like thinking, oh, I really should be doing this. I should be doing that. But I never did. But I still managed to build a successful business. But I just kind of, I got to that point where I just like, I don't want to hide myself away anymore, no matter how scared I am. And I was really, really, really scared. Like, I can't understate that. I was really scared. Um, And um, I just, I don't know. It was really something deeper so something the surface level was scared but something deeper I just wanted to like use my voice and have a platform and communicate with people and that's the real thing connecting with people I think that's what was missing in my other business it was that connection and I I still had some connections especially with the freelancers I was working with and stuff but not with the clients there was no like deeper level of connection it was all business and that is totally fine for loads of business owners like there's nothing wrong with running a business like that but I just knew it wasn't right for me I felt a disconnect for a long time mm-hmm. so yeah and as an introvert it's been an interesting journey so I'm learning um and I'm learning about my own boundaries around sharing and I'm getting really really a lot more comfortable with disappearing for a bit or sharing only certain things and not sharing others I think when I first started sharing I went sort of all in and shared loads of stuff and I realized that some of the stuff was a bit too vulnerable or some of the time I was a bit too visible um and yeah even things like like um my schedule when I have one-on-one things I make sure I have days every week where I never book any one-on-one things and every few weeks I'll have a week where I never book any one-to-one calls just little things like that little boundaries it really helps me run a much more visible business but in a way that fits within my introversion so I think I answered the question but I'm not sure if I went off on a bit of a tangent (laughs) no no you did answer it I think it's important but I think again it comes back to having that experience and having gone through perhaps periods where you were too you felt you you know like you were being too visible and it was taking its toll on how you felt um that obviously that spurred you on to perhaps find those boundaries and 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 yeah stick to them I guess because that's yeah. that's another thing that that actually it's it's harder um, easier said than done. 
Oh God, yeah, so much easier said than done. And I think even noticing um, the problem in the first place is like a massive step. So what I mean is like, you know, sometimes when you've just got like a general feeling of anxiety or overwhelm or something, mm-hmm. often we'll have that feeling we won't even realize, we'll just kind of get used to it. And then the next step is actually noticing when you have those feelings. And then it's then you have to notice where it came from. And it's like, oh, it's because I had so many calls this week and I didn't have any time to recharge, you know, something like that. It takes a while to like reach that level of self-awareness, I think. So it does take a bit of going through and trial and error and stuff, but yeah. Mm. And talking of that kind of level of self-awareness, because I, I do think that as business owners, we, we, we need that for, mm. for us to have kind of a sustainable long-term business um, because if we're, if we're not self-aware, I guess that very quickly can lead to, you know, things like burnout, mm-hmm. um, where we're not obviously looking after ourselves because we're just, we just carry on as we always have. And we don't really check in with how we've been feeling and all of the rest of it. So what is it that you perhaps do, um, you know, yourself personally, uh, to, to have that awareness? So the thing that's always been there, and I did do this ever since, starting my business and before is journaling that's the main thing for me um and I started doing morning pages quite a long time ago and that's a technique from the book the artist's way and the idea Mm -hmm. is that you write out three pages in the morning and you just like free write whatever comes into your head um I was actually using a website to do it you know when I first started the website is seven seven fifty words.org I think Um, and the reason I use that is just because it kind of motivated me to do it. But the problem with using that is I once went back and read some of my (laughs) journals and I was just like, no, it was, so for me, it's not something that I want to read back because it is basically a place to let out all of the rubbish from your brain. And I do feel like things come up when you're writing pen and paper that you don't necessarily, or you're not aware of in your head. I'm sure they're they're obviously in your head, but you're just not aware of it and things come up and obviously and with journaling not only is the morning pages like really good for just getting it out but it's also good for noticing it and thinking oh that's a thing um and then perhaps even journaling like a new problem comes up then you're journaling on that and then a new thing comes out and you kind of go deeper and deeper and deeper so that's always been there for me but i do think <laughs> i've suppressed some i don't know if that's the right word but i've sort of ignored some of the things that i've learned like back in in the days when I was feeling less less secure as a business owner, I knew things about myself, but I didn't really know them or feel confident to accept that it was okay. So, Mm. you know, not wanting to put myself out there in certain ways or not wanting to follow certain marketing tactics online. That was a big one for me. Um, And I kind of, I wasn't comfortable with owning the fact that it, it wasn't okay for me. That was really hard. So I don't know. I, although I was aware of it, it was really hard to like put it into action until maybe the missing thing for me was finding other people who are doing it differently and actually talking about what I was doing. I think that really helped as well. Yeah, yeah so, because yeah. you obviously you, you get to see that actually there are other people who are doing it differently and in their own way and their businesses are thriving and everything's okay so I guess it gives you that confirmation that actually yeah it's okay to listen to what you know what feels good to me because ultimately you know like we've said I think ultimately that's going to lead to a sustainable business long term because 
um, if we're continuously, I think, doing things that just don't feel right, I mean, it's kind of like, well, what's the joy in that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and obviously, I, I mean, with any business, um, any kind of creative business, I guess, um, we are so connected to it that actually, um, you want it to feel good. You want to, you want to be excited to go to work and yeah. And that's the thing actually, if, because we are so connected to it, it's really hard to like untangle it all. So if we don't feel good about what we're doing in our work, then that can lead to us not feeling good about ourselves, which is basically where I ended up. Mm -hmm. It's not very nice. Yeah. And so how do you then go about separating the two? Because I think, uh, you know, I'm speaking for myself, but I I think others feel the same that a lot of the time our self-worth is tied up in our Mm -hmm. work because for me, that's kind of all I've ever known really. Um, and it's, it's how I've operated for many years and it's only in the recent, you know, year or so that I've tried to untangle that a little bit and, and separate the two because it's not healthy. (laughs) It's, you know, totally resonate with that. Yeah. So, so did you do anything in specific that perhaps helped you to kind of get there or was it more of a, just a kind of long and winding process? Yeah, I think it's a long and winding process, unfortunately. But now I even have to do things and and journaling helps again with this. And I suppose I've reached another level of self-awareness. Like back back then, I wouldn't have been able to think about this. But now I can be journaling and think, oh, I've had a rubbish day. I didn't get much work done. And then I'll spot that in my Mm -hmm. writing and be like, Mm -hmm. okay, that's me tying how good of a day I've had on my productivity. And that that is just tying my self-worth into my work. And I notice things like that and it just, it sounds really simple, but it does really help over time to notice those things. And even it's not just journaling, like you might be saying these things out loud to other people, like noticing the language that you're using. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an ongoing process. And obviously there's times when it feels easier, but then there's other times when despite your best efforts, you still get to that place, which sucks, but I think it's really normal. Yeah. 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 I think it's all a process. And I think as our businesses evolve, we as people evolve and, and learn mm. new things. And, and I guess like, you know, we said earlier, it's, it's getting more, more and more comfortable with being aware of, of the things that are going back, you know, going, going on in the background, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I guess I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the topic of money. And I know that that's something that you kind of talked about, um, something that you've kind of mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And it's it's still, I mean, as, as hard as we're trying, I think it's still very much a taboo kind of subject. I don't, I don't think it's very easily or openly yeah. um talked about yet (laughs) yeah um so I guess what I wanted to ask is you know how did you kind of be become more comfortable with talking about money and why do you think that that conversation is really you know an important one to have so it's it's so complicated so even now you say I've been talking about it but I want to talk about it more Mm. and even now I still have so many feelings about that um but uh, I just think 
in terms of my business journey, and like I've already said, I found it that I couldn't, I didn't have anyone to talk to about, you know, what was going on. And, um, and as a woman as well, and especially since getting married and having a child, and I am the breadwinner in our family, although like philosophically, I feel like there should be nothing to talk about there. The fact is we live in a society where that isn't the kind of norm. And um, I need, basically, I need to talk about it. Like, even though I find it difficult sometimes, I need mm-hmm. to. I just think I can't continue and run my business without talking about it because it's so, I don't know, there's just so many emotions around it. There's so many judgments of yourself and what your goals are and you judge that. It's kind of going back to that thing about being ambitious. Being ambitious with money is even like, that opens mm. up a whole kind of worms. Yeah. Um, and, and just... And in society, if you're the woman, and obviously there's loads of women who earn more money than their partners these days, but it's still not the norm. And I do think that having your own business and being a breadwinner adds sort of another layer. And it's really complicated for me. So yeah, basically the only way I can untangle everything um, is to talk about it. And I do feel like the way you feel about things impacts the way you work and what you put out there. So in order to feel confident in the way I'm working like money is one area where I need to get comfortable with my feelings about it so yeah that's why I talk about it but it's I still find it like nerve-wracking basically Mm. yeah I think it is hard I think um I think perhaps it's the underlying fear of being judged a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, cause I, well, at least uh, again, I'm speaking kind of from my own personal kind of experience of it. Um, but like I too earn more than my partner, my mm. husband and yeah, that's kind of a, it's a, it's a weird thing to talk about yeah. because I think we've, we've had, you know, our entire lives of it not being mentioned. Yeah. Um, and that not being, like you say, that not being the norm. So therefore, it's almost like it's wrong because, well, that's not how things are supposed to be. But who's to say? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But that's, yeah. And, and I guess with, you know, equality and everything else, um, why shouldn't we be able to earn more um, and, and also be able to support our families? It's not really, I mean, it works both ways, right? Yeah. 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 But I, I guess what I wanted to ask is, do you feel like there's a, there's a pressure to deliver, you know, to, to, um, for your business to be successful financially? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really interesting because it really ties into the whole thing about your self-worth being wrapped up in your business. And I feel like it's been even more so only in the times when I feel like the income has gone down. So that's really interesting. So like when times are really good and I'm earning good money, it's like, yeah, I'm rocking it. But when like the income has gone down, because I recently um, had a business meeting with myself and I looked at all the money and um, I realized that, you know, the last year I have earned less money and I had loads of feelings about that. It wasn't just like feelings of like, oh, I'm not good enough because my business is not grown year on year on year. It also was another level of, oh, I'm being irresponsible because this is my family's security. So that is, that's the real like complicated thing. But I've talked about this like in therapy, like I've literally talked about this with a counselor and that really helped. And she just basically encouraged me to talk more about it with my husband. And that's something else like, you have all these stereotypes of, you know, you know, like the old fashioned husband who went out and earned the money 
and then the wife didn't really know anything about the money. <laughs> yeah, didn't, didn't also, have anything to do with it. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not saying it's like that in our relationship, but but there are some things that I can see, you know, I can see that I don't talk about, and I think, oh, I can see mm-hmm. myself in that like old-fashioned husband, <laughs> and it's just like. It's so simple, but like I literally talk about it with my husband and say, oh, okay, my business has earned less money. You know, I've just finished my bookkeeper or whatever. And he's like, okay, that's fine. Like it doesn't matter. And he doesn't like judge me because he knows that I've basically been building a new business while running another business and I'm, you know, doing something new. So, but it's really complicated. So many feelings about that. I know. I can so relate to that. It is such a tangled web of, yeah, like you say, feelings and so much that comes up um around it and uh what you said about you know not feeling like you've you've been responsible because you know you've earned perhaps a little bit less um and yeah that definitely is something that I resonate with and there is certainly a pressure but I think obviously that would go both ways so just obviously because we feel it now um seeing as we do earn more than our partners I can't imagine obviously you know the men before us I guess would have also perhaps felt that pressure but but they weren't able to talk about it because I don't think that would have been the thing to do Mm -hmm. so so I guess at least we are opening the conversation a little bit around it so yeah exactly and I just thought of this the other side of the pressure is having a child Mm -hmm. so that leads me to think if I'm not earning as much money but I'm still spending all this time away from my child, then that's another level of like guilt and everything. And it's really complicated that like I constantly have to check in with myself about this stuff because it's really easy to go down a path of beating yourself up. (laughs) Oh, it it totally is about anything in business, but yeah, money in particular, I think it has Mm. that. Um, Yeah. It's, it's very easy to slip into that. Yeah. Um, but, but I love what you said about, you know, just being a little bit more open and talking to your partner about it and just, just being very clear about what's happening. And so that, because I think it's kind of our own choice to stay quiet about it. it. And we don't realize that until we suddenly do. And you're like, Oh yes. I could have, yeah, it could have been so much better because I could have had someone to talk about this and share this responsibility (laughs) with. Yeah. As opposed to, yeah, as opposed to kind of just exiting quiet and, and having all these emotions unfold. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so interesting. I guess we'll switch gears a little bit. And I wanted to ask you about your working routine because obviously I know that you, you do have a child. So, obviously, that comes into, into play. And I know, I think, uh, if I'm right, that he goes to nursery. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a bit of time for yourself and, and for your business, but what, what does your kind of normal routine work look like? So he is two in a couple of months and I'm still breastfeeding him. So it's kind of an interesting routine we've got going. Um, and actually that's one of the things that I've found really amazing about working for myself. Like I've still been able to breastfeed because when he's not at nursery he's usually at home with his dad like downstairs which is a is good for breastfeeding but it's also kind of difficult for getting work done sometimes Mm -hmm. but um so yeah he goes to nursery four mornings a week and my mum has him a couple of afternoons and then most of the rest of the time my husband is the primary carer for him so I'm there and I'm there in the morning and I'm there in the kind of lunch break and I'm there in the evening, but the rest of the time I work. And actually that has slowly gotten more and more. So when he was younger, I was, you know, 
looking after him a lot more. But basically, mm-hmm. the way our finances working and everything, I needed to work more. So yeah, and actually, that's another level of like the complexity in terms of the family arrangement that's not normal. Like yeah. I'm the breadwinner, but also my husband is the father who cares for the child the most. Um, so yeah, I'm around upstairs, but I'm you know only really around for him in the morning and lunchtime and the evening so Mm. I have all the rest of the time to work yeah it's 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 an interesting one isn't it when obviously those kind of traditional roles are switched but it's it's something that I've discussed with my husband as well in the past I mean he's still he's working but um so he has a kind of full-time job but if there was an opportunity for him to perhaps have to work less and Mm -hmm. I was able to take on that responsibility um financially you know if my business was was in a place to do so then perhaps that would be something we'd definitely consider so that he was able to be around more yeah um so yeah it's yeah it's an interesting yeah my husband is actually self-employed so um he does work but not nearly as much as I do so because we've we've decided between us that he is the one who has to do the childcare because of the positions of our business but yeah he still does work but mainly he's the the one who cares for our son mm-hmm. yeah no and I think you know again this is it's just how things have changed and mm. there is you know absolutely nothing wrong with kind of switching those roles around yeah and sometimes I do feel hard talking about it because I worry about people judging me <laughs> yeah no 100% and I think um in our own Instagram bubble, uh, I think it's, I think at least, you know, my kind of little community on Instagram would be like, yeah, this is totally fine. Yeah. yeah. You're like, if you were to talk about it in the outside world, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. And people make assumptions all the time. So, you know, before having my son, people would make assumptions about my husband being the breadwinner. I have no idea why they assumed it. And then when I was well, pregnant... Because, sorry to interrupt, because <laughs> everybody normally... Yeah, yeah just, just the norm, isn't it? <laughs> because I was working at home and that doesn't seem like real work or something. Oh, of course not. Yeah, what are you doing in your bedroom all day? Yeah, yeah. and then when I was pregnant, people were assuming that, you know, I was going to have loads of time off. And I did, you know, plan to have four or five months off of maternity leave. But I had to, you know, I got statutory maternity pay for my business. But apart from that, I had to do all the work. I had to do basically double the work beforehand so that I could have like that much time off and earn, you know, the decent amount of money as well. So yeah, people make assumptions. And I mean, it's really obvious when you think about it. If you flipped it around and said like, you know, the, the father is earning however much money. It's going to cost this much to send them to nursery. Or if we can, we don't want to send them to nursery full time. You know, it depends what you want. Um, and the mother's not really earning that much or whatever. Then it's like a no brainer. Yeah. And it's just really funny that when it's the other way around, it's not just about those facts. It's also about all the emotional stuff about mothers and what mothers should be. Yeah, this arrangement also allows your husband to be around more than he yeah. perhaps normally would be. Exactly, exactly. How amazing is that? I think it's amazing because yeah. I, although I, I'm, I'm working a lot, I still feel like I see my son a lot, a lot more than if I was 
out to work, which I'm yeah. really grateful for because I know that loads of people have to go out to work. So, but then my husband is so involved in his life and I think that's amazing. I just, I'm so thankful that we have that to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, so many people obviously in particularly like office jobs and stuff obviously if you know you start at nine and finish at five you're not home till about six in the evening if if you know if your commute's relatively short um and so yeah you miss such a big kind of chunk of um of the kind of day I guess and there's absolutely of course nothing wrong with that but if we have that ability to kind of be more flexible then why the hell not yeah yeah exactly but yeah it still comes with it's like constantly having to affirm to myself that it's okay and that if other people don't agree then that doesn't make any difference to me but it's um yeah sometimes that's easier and sometimes that's harder not that people do really say many negative things but I think it's the I, I think you you read stuff you like read articles or you know it's a it's a general thing floating around society most people, well, no one says anything really negative, but sometimes you get a feeling from people, but often it's just how you read into it, isn't it? Oh yeah. I, I, I think with most things, it's like what we kind of, you know, exaggerate in our heads yeah, yeah. For, for people exactly. to be thinking, or perhaps they're thinking, oh, they're so lucky. Like they've, you know, got this amazing kind yeah. of setup going on and yeah. actually perhaps it's, it's not the negative stuff at all. Yeah. Um, so what are your goals for the coming year? Where is your business heading? So I guess my number one goal is to go fully into my new business, which is exciting. Um, And I've had to do a lot of inner work to decide that it's okay to leave behind a very profitable business, basically. It comes back to all that money responsibility stuff. But yeah, I'm looking forward to moving into doing the work that I love all the time, basically. That's my number one goal. Mm-hmm. And so you're referring to the business that you run now, which is, yeah. you know, all the courses that you run and everything else. And the mentoring, yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, I'm assuming, like you said, it, you know, brings up some some scary feelings perhaps. But I think sometimes, you know, there comes a time where we just have to make a decision, haven't we? It's either yeah. this or that. And you've got to yeah. kind of jump all in. It's basically like my energy and my heart is not in the other work and it hasn't been fully for a long time, but now that I've started um, building my new business, like my heart is so fully into that and that's what I meant to do, that it's coming to, I think it's coming to a critical point that even if I wanted to, I couldn't carry on because my energy just isn't there. And I think that the energy you put into your work is really actually really important for selling what you do and Mm -hmm. running a thriving business. So again, that's why it's really important to trust yourself and your feelings and your intuition and all of that, because it feeds into that energy. And if you have that positive energy, it's so much easier to, you know, find the right people and track them to you and yeah, just put it all, put everything into it. And that's, yeah, that's the position I'm finding myself in at the moment, which is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, exciting though, super exciting. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see where it all uh, goes. Yeah. Um, so to kind of wrap up, I guess, um, if you had one tip for anyone who perhaps wanted to make that jump into, you know, full-time self-employment, um, what would it be? Okay, so as I've said, I never really had a proper job. So I never had to make that jump. 
um, myself, but my husband has. <laughs> and um, obviously there's loads of things to think about and money and all of that, but I'm not going to talk about that because I don't have the personal experience of that. But what I do have is the experience of my husband doing it and also me now moving away from one business mm-hmm. into another. So I think that that's sort of similar. And I think the real thing for me, especially, I suppose if you were kind of working in a nine to five at the same time as building up a business, you're going to be much more limited on your time and energy and resources. And I think the thing for me is prioritizing and it's so simple, but I think actually it's crucial because I don't just mean prioritizing in terms of your to-do list. I mean, prioritizing in terms of what can you do that's going to create the most impact? What's going to move you forward the quickest? So um, say for example, what I'm doing selling courses is great and it's a really good long-term strategy but but the the thing that's going to sort of move the needle forward is that one-to-one work it's going to help you earn the money firstly that you need in order to feel secure enough to quit but also it's going to help you get your philosophy really concrete you know figure out exactly where your strengths lie and who you want to work with and that's what I mean so obviously not everyone's going to have the same kind of business as that but I do think and because my husband has had the same thing he's a poet so he has a very different business model but he does workshops and um, things like that as well and he wants to do a course but the course isn't his main focus because he has really limited time because obviously he cares for our son and um, doesn't have loads of time to work Um, so he's focused on you know one to not one-to-one, but small groups, small mm-hmm. groups, workshops and stuff. So it's more like impactful, I suppose, in the short term in order to give him the time and money to do the stuff in the long term. So that's what I mean by prioritizing. I think that it's so, so important. And I have to do it all the time because I have such limited time now and I'm doing these two businesses. And yeah, that's my tip, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah, I think, and going back to what you said earlier, it's about kind of checking in on a regular basis to reassess those uh, priorities because that changes all the time. And perhaps, you know, we slip back into our old habits and uh, yeah, we need a little reminder every now and then to, to keep on track. Yeah. And actually, um, I, I'm always talking about this, you know, on my social media and with my clients about having a regular business meeting with yourself mm-hmm. because it's really easy to get stuck in the, the day-to-day busy work. And especially if you're really trying to build up a business, it's really easy to think, right, I've got to take on every little job. I've got to do whatever I can to earn money. But if you take that time out and think about the bigger picture, because you're not just, you're not just, um, doing your work in order to earn enough money this week you need to think about what you're going to do that's going to impact your business over the next month over the next three months over the next six months and over the next year and that could actually be kind of different um i know from my experience when i first started my business i burnt myself out because i took all the work i could Mm -hmm. i priced too low and i burnt myself out whereas if i had thought about having a little business meeting with myself thinking about the bigger picture of what i wanted to achieve maybe i could have you know, raise my prices and change what I was doing a bit before I reached that point. But yeah, checking in so, so important. And it's hard. I, I get that it's hard because you don't feel like you have the time. But ultimately, I do believe that it creates more time in your business. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like this thing about saying well, you don't have time for self-care, but actually making time for self-care is going to yeah. ultimately mean that you feel more productive and exactly. kind of ready to tackle all the tasks that you have to do. So yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, where can people find you? 
So my website is ruthpoundwhite.com and I'm mainly on Instagram and that's at ruthpoundwhite and my podcast as well. And that is called Creatively Human. Yeah, it's a great one. So I'm sure everyone will be checking that out. Thank you so much for your time, Ruth, today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'd be so, so grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes so that other female creatives can find this podcast too. See you next week.